What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 13 of season two. I'm your host, Kurt Field. And it is your boy, Sour Patch Kids Bruno. Kurt, ask me why the absolute fuck I just said that. Bruno, why did you say that? Well, you didn't say absolute fuck, so I'll say it again. Hold on. Okay, okay. Wait, what what do you want me to say? Sour Patch Kids Bruno. (laughs) Bruno, why the fuck are you Sour Patch Kids Bruno? Well, Kurt, thank you for asking. It references a little jingle, little catchphrase, little slogan for the Sour Patch Kids. First they're sour, then they're sweet. My prediction for the Patriots this week, sour as fuck, Kurt. But the outcome, sweet as a teat, if you will. Wow. Bang. Poetry in motion. I'd argue the most electric intro to playing <laughs> the field in its young in its young history. In its infancy. This is true. Yeah. What a what a, we're gonna get into the Patriots and Cardinals game. Uh obviously a good outcome for Patriots fans. Uh, but what a, like a shitty football game. Yeah, and our team won and our team lost. And like sometimes that's just how the game goes. Yeah, sometimes that's how the cards fold. Fold. Mm. Oh, card card knolls folded. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, I promise we'll have better takes than that. Listen later. Check back us on us later and see how we're doing. I was just telling Bruno, <laughs> we've got more listens on the last episode than any other episode so far of season two. You all probably just clicked off the thing, the podcast for this week. You're like, nope, this is, this is weird. That's okay. We're just testing them. Anyone who stays, guarantee you I'll throw a titty fuck in there later for you. So that's a little oh, treat for you later. Hey, find the, everyone DM <laughs> me at what point Bruno says titty fuck going forward. Oh, okay. Uh, point or points. Kurt, Ooh. shall we? Shall we? We shall. Bruno, <laughs> let's start with Thursday Night Football. The Texans get their second win in a row after beating the Patriots last week. Uh they took they took down the Lions 41 to 25. Um little little Thanksgiving football in this one. Uh Matt Patricia I don't think enjoyed Thanksgiving too much this year. They lost the game and then he lost his job. Yeah, not going to lie to you. Um it seems like Deshaun Watson has turned the corner. Obviously the Texans as a team still have a lot of work to do, but they started off the year very poorly, but Deshaun Watson in his last however many games, like six games, it's like he hasn't thrown a pick. He's thrown like 16 to 20 touchdowns, whatever it is. Like he's going off. He continued that this game, though. Again, I don't know how impressive that is against the Lions, but still, he's balling out. He looked great. But as you said, there's two there's two big takeaways from this game, right? I don't think this changes much for the Lions or Texans, really. Like we'll see what ends up happening. I don't think this matters for that. Number one, you already mentioned, right? Lions. Both Patricia and Bob Quinn fired, right? So the Lions uh, are cleaning house. They're saying starting over. I don't really know what this means for the rest of their season this year, but obviously it's, you know, there's going to be some changes because we saw the style that Patricia tried to bring to Detroit from New England didn't really work. The other takeaway happened after the game, but for the Texans, Will Fuller tested positive for some sort of steroids, much like my co-host Kurt, who is also on steroids right now. Fun fact for all you listeners out there. This is true. Kurt is on multiple steroids right now. But the difference is Kurt will not be suspended. Not under my watch. Anyways, Will Fuller suspended for six games, which like kind of weird. They have five more games this year. And then I think suspensions like include playoffs, but like don't because I also saw that he would be suspended the first game in next season. So actually, now that I'm saying that, Kurt, does suspensions include playoffs? Um, it would if they made the playoffs, but if they're probably not going to, they're at four right. and seven right now. So he will also be out for week one of next season. So if they made the playoffs, he would just be out week one of the playoffs. And if they won somehow, then he would be back for week two. Correct. Playoffs. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got I it. Mean, anyways, that's banana land. Not going to happen. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So anyways, and that's like one of Deshaun Watson's favorite targets. So now we see Kurt remind me again, where did their number one wide receiver from last year go? 
Well, when Bill O'Brien was there um, before he got fired this year, mm. uh, he decided to trade DeAndre Hopkins, D-Hop, as some like to call him, yes. to Arizona for a literal bag of footballs. Yes. And so now he's without him. He is Now he's without Will Fuller. So it looks like it's the Brandon Cooks show. Shout out former Patriot Brandon Cooks on the Texans. However, Kurt, we've seen him not be able to stay fully healthy for a whole season either. So Texans, like, again, not that they necessarily had huge playoff hopes or anything, but it's like, bruh, like just when they start rolling, this happens. So, yeah, not, I mean, obviously not a good thing. And it's not just Will Fuller, also Roby, their best. Oh, right. Also, same thing. Um, maybe they were a little juiced up for that Pats game a couple weeks ago, Bruno. Yeah. I don't know, man. A little, a little juiced for that one, but I think we should retroactively go back in. That's a win for us. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Yeah, we'll take that. Mm-hmm. I'll take that one. But yeah, nice one for them. Uh, I've Deshaun Watson is legit. Uh, that's nothing you guys don't know already. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a question to you, Bruno, because I think I liked last week how we we talked a little bit about, a little bit about the games, but also some broader perspective right. things. Right? You mentioned. That the Lions were going to start clearing house. Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia already gone. Here's my question to you: Matt Stafford next year is he a Detroit Lion or not? Oh, I mean, I want to say yes, both for the sake of my friend Matsky, who's an idiot and told me to pick the Lions to win last week and they didn't, and they also lost this week and they stink. But also because like he's like a good guy, like he's done a lot for the community. He's like an underrated quarterback. However, it almost feels like. There have been questions for like the past couple years now. He's had crazy back surgery already. He's been through so much. It almost feels like if you're bringing in a new coach and GM at the same time, like they're going to want to be, they're going to want to come in and accept the job being like, let me pick my quarterback. Maybe I could see them, them signing to a, like a one-year deal next year. If the new coach and GM can't find or don't get their guy. But like, I would, I would be very much leaning towards, I think this is probably the end for Stafford. Yes, I agree with you. I do not believe Matt Stafford will be under center in Detroit next year. I don't know where he goes. There are some quarterback needy teams out there, but I feel like Matt Stafford, later part of his career, is going to want to go somewhere where he can win. He doesn't want to go to Jacksonville. He doesn't want to go to Washington. He wants to go somewhere where he can be the guy to help a team make a deep run in the postseason, potentially. And I think Matt Stafford's a good quarterback. I just think he's had shit luck. Um since Calvin Johnson retired, I don't even know if they played together. I think they did briefly at the beginning of Stafford's career, but right. he hasn't been surrounded by too much uh, talent on that team, and I'd like to see him get a fresh start too. So we'll see. That's something to monitor as we go forward here. We'll see. Um, the second game of, of Turkey Day mm. was, you know, I enjoyed the turkey. I enjoyed the meal. I enjoyed more seeing Dallas get fucking mollywopped on – Thursday against Washington. Washington takes him down 41-16. That was I've I don't think I've ever laughed so hard as I did in like for like a three minute stretch in the fourth quarter when literally everything fell apart for the Cowboys. Yeah, and that was going to be my point. This is kind of like the Texans Lions game in a sense that like the fourth quarters of each of those games kind of like decided the game. I know that's like typically how it is, but like both of those games were relatively close. But this fourth quarter, it was twenty to sixteen going into the quarter, and obviously it ended up being forty-one to sixteen. But yeah, the the Cowboys fell apart. Antonio Gibson went off. I mean, he's been like kind of on people's radars just from a fantasy perspective, at least this year. But he went off, so good for him. But yeah, I mean. Uh, this the, these divisional games like are always kind of like a crapshoot i guess i will say though definitely enjoyed the cowboys shitting themselves that was uh you know wasn't the only thing shitting themselves on thanksgiving hey yo hey yo <laughs> um um but no seriously they the, the cowboys were in that fake punt 
which was yep a disaster. A yep. one of the worst one of the worst play calls I've ever seen. Okay, so that happens. Washington scores a touchdown literally on the next play. Yep. In the fourth quarter to go up 27-16. Yep. And then later in the fourth quarter, Antonio Gibson again like you said goes off. Nice long touchdown run. And then literally 7 seconds later, <clears throat> interception return for touchdown 41-16. I was watching it with my uncle who is a he was born in Panama and his he decided that his team was going to be the Cowboys. He's oh, been no. a Cowboys fan for his whole life. And uh love you uncle chris but it was so fun to make fun of you and the cowboys like that they it was just so much ammo watching that team is a fucking laughing stock they're terrible they're terrible yeah um you know what they say kurt the cowboys are panama's team that's what everybody traditionally says so you're correct and i can confirm that is that is <laughs> panama's team well kurt maybe after this game they'll be searching for a new one so uh right. yeah like you said it was it all fell apart and it fall, fell apart quick easy to laugh at kind of gave took away some of the drama in the fourth quarter but still you know it, it was fun to see it's fun to see those scores, sort of sequences happen because you know especially when it's not your team you always get to laugh yeah, speaking of laughing, I don't know if you saw the Raiders' performance this week, Bruno, but oh it was a disaster. They took on the Falcons this week down in Atlanta and lost forty-three to six. I this was the this was the craziest game of the week for me in terms of like holy shit. There's always like that one game each week that's like, how did that happen? This was that game for me. Yeah, this is bananas, and I will say. I don't think that the Falcons are as good or the Raiders are as bad as the score suggests, but at least for this game, the Falcons were this good and the Raiders were this bad. Derek Carr, I know we don't go by fantasy stats. Derek Carr had less than one point in fantasy, and he played most of the game until getting replaced by who of all people, Nathan Peterman, uh, the Hall of Fame quarterback who his claim to fame is that he threw five interceptions in one half earlier in his career. So I don't know what's going on with the Raiders. They turned the ball over a million times. They couldn't get stops on defense. They committed horrible penalties. Josh Jacobs hurt his ankle. So there's a lot going on for the Raiders. But yeah, what a dominating win for the Falcons, who, true to form, Kurt, it seems like every single year the Falcons shit themselves in the start of the year. And then it's like towards the end of the season, they come back and sort of get on a roll. I know it's a little bit different because they're doing this under their interim coach right now. So it's not the same thing. But it always feels like late in the season, the Falcons are like, oh, maybe we should start trying and playing well. It's ironic that you mention that because, you know, the Falcons during the season start slow and then they pick it up late. Bruno, can you just remind all of our loyal, loyal listeners what happened in Super Bowl 51? Did the Falcons start fast in that one? I believe what they did, Kurt, and I'm not a math guy, but I think they are up 28 to 3, which is 25 points. And then they also lost. They lost? I we're gonna have let's check the tape. Stats guy, bring us the tape. We gotta we gotta watch that one more time just to confirm. Okay, because it's weird because you know just I was thinking Falcons starting slow. I was like, hmm, weird because I've seen them collapse before. I just couldn't <laughs> I couldn't put my finger on where I might have seen that. Yeah, well, hey, let, let's definitely put our fingers there and start there. But I'm sure we can find it everywhere because the Falcons are. Whew. Yeah, I hear you. I will say, um, just from a Patriots fan's perspective, mm-hmm. this was a big loss for the Raiders. Because it knocked, it dropped them to six and five back to back losses for the Raiders. The Patriots own a tiebreaker because they beat Vegas earlier in the season. So if by somehow, by some miracle, by some off chance, the Patriots uh, are able to potentially sneak into the playoffs, we can go thank those dirty birds from Atlanta for 
knocking the Raiders down a peg or two. Yeah, and we're going to get into it as we go, but there are so many things I said or thought both last week in the episode, but also during the pick six that didn't happen, that it's like, it just goes to show how much in the NFL can change in a week. Because last week, you know, I sat here, not that this means we're making the playoffs for the Patriots, but I sat here and I was like, Kurt, we're, there's no chance we're making the playoffs. Let's play the young guys. We had that whole conversation. And here we are a week later. Like you said, huge win for us. Huge loss for the Raiders, which is good for us. I don't know. Not saying we're now. I'm not saying now we're making the playoffs, but I'm just saying a lot can change in a week. Kurt. We're gonna. Oh, oh! I, I literally just bit the microphone. I got so excited. We're gonna talk about it later, Bruno. We're gonna we're gonna chat about potentially the playoffs. Sorry. Put a pin in that one. Put a pin in that one. Okay. Next game. <laughs> you know who needs to get a pin shoved in him? Oh God. <laughs> Anthony Lynn, the head coach of the Houston Chargers. <laughs> Put a pin in that Lynn. What an idiot. What, what a an fucking idiot. idiot. Bruno, I don't know if you saw the last yep. minute of that yep. game. What yep. an idiot, okay? So, I could not Kurt walk us through it because it was unbelievable. It's it's almost like you can't believe it just by describing it, but Kurt's going to do a great job. Let's paint the picture, okay? Mm. The, the Buffalo Bills are at home in Orchard Park. That might be called New Era Field now. Anyway, it's 27-17 <laughs> late mm. in the game. Chargers, mm. because they're idiots, have no mm. timeouts left, okay? Mm. Chargers throw a deep bomb, deep, 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 deep bomb. I believe it was Mike Williams or Keenan yeah. Allen who catches it. Like 50 it. yards, wasn't it? Yeah, not the point. I don't remember who who it was, but they, yes, a deep pass down to like the three-yard line, okay? Mm-hmm. Tick, 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 tick. Okay, they don't spike it. They run a running play. They run the football. Stuffed, okay? Now mention no timeouts. Now it's third. Tick, tick, so tick. Yeah, tick, 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 tick. Then... Things are happening. Justin Herbert scrambling. They're not lined up. He throw. He's like pointing to Mike Williams to run a fade, and then he throws the ball into the, into the ground. <laughs> By the time this has happened, there is literally, I think, seven seconds left. So what what should have happened, in my opinion? Okay, unless you're sure you can score a touchdown right then and there, and you're on the three yard line. Okay, so you have a chance. I would have run one play. Okay, if you don't get it, I would have kicked a field goal. But Kurt, why the fuck would you kick a field goal? You're down there. Okay. It's way easier to attempt to Hail Mary at the end of the game than it is to if you're at the 50 yard line, you can you can have that one play to throw the ball to the end zone. You can't kick a field goal from the 50 yard line. It's just it's just not gonna happen for you. So I would have I mean, it was just such a horrible job of game management, clock management by Herbert and Anthony Lynn. As the head coach of the team, you cannot let that happen. You can't let that happen. That's that's inexcusable, and we're so lucky being Patriots fans. We never have to deal with that bullshit because it doesn't happen. Very rarely does Bill Belichick fuck up time clock management stuff. So um, we see the Chargers this week out in Los Angeles. It's going to be a coaching clinic. I think Bill Belichick's going to teach Anthony Lynn a thing or two about how you coach in the NFL. I don't know if you remember, Bruno. I'm going to go back a little bit. 2018, or no, 19, the year, whatever year we beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 20, that, yeah, eighteen. That first year, uh, that first game rather in the postseason was against was against the Chargers, and yep. every single pundit picked yep. the Chargers. Yep. Every one of them picked the Chargers. Pepperidge yeah. Farm remembers. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Uh, we we obliterated them. Like we literally obliterated that football team. And I, yep. Anthony Lynn, I just don't believe is that good of a head coach. We talk all the time on this podcast about how bad the Chargers are in one score ball games. And yes, a lot of I mean, some of that's on the players for sure, but some of that's on the coaching as well. That team is too talented to be three and eight right now. That team is too talented to lose all these games they have in the past two seasons. Anthony Lynn could be on the hot seat for sure. 
Yeah, Kurt, I'm not gonna lie, you covered it all. I the the only thing I'll just add is when they had like you mentioned Herbert threw that incompletion into the ground and there was six seconds left. And then after that, they ran a shitty running play, didn't get it in and didn't have time to do anything else. My jaw dropped when I saw that. I was like, that's like football one on one. Like you're down two scores. What do you do? Like what do you it's like he just mashed X the button to like call the last play or a recent play? And it was like, bro, that didn't work the first time either. So it was like what are we doing? Bruno, it was so comical to watch. I was like, I it felt like a youth football game. That's honest to God what right. the last minute felt like. Right. Obviously, I was hoping the Chargers could come away with that victory. It would have helped the Patriots. Right. Um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And we're gonna get a real close look at Justin Herbert. Um, you know, we're not gonna I'm not gonna tease too too much here, but I think the Patriots uh Bill Belichick has tremendous success against first year players and People who go mm. up against a Bill Belichick defense for the first time, as Kyler Murray did this past week, and we mm. saw how that went. So stay tuned for that. But mm. uh, good win for Buffalo. They are inching closer and closer to an AFC's title. They, that they are, Kurt. That they are. Bruno, speaking of uh, East divisions, let's head to the Ooh. NFC East. What a fucking segue. And the first place, <laughs> four and seven, New York football giants oh my goodness oh my goodness they take down a joe burrow list Bengals team 1917 what a terrible game <laughs> yeah i don't really know if there's any takeaways from the actual game other than the big thing which is what we're gonna get into daniel jones injured so just when you think that giants have all this bad luck saquon out for the year bad losses you know trying their best to fight for joe judge all this drama going on it's like they finally get into first place finally get some good wins nope see you later we got daniel jones getting injured i don't think they're saying it's season ending but i do think they are saying he's gonna miss multiple games yeah so i saw on twitter today do he expects to miss probably probably three games right and so Hashtag I think it's Colt McCoy season. That, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Colt McCoy season, former uh, Washington football team legend there. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know. I mean, again, it, it's kind of funny to be talking about all these drama and stakes with a four and seven first place team. But as we've seen in the NFC East, every game matters. So we'll look back at the end of the season over this next three game stretch. And depending on how they do, maybe we're saying what if maybe we're saying they're a team of destiny. Who knows? If they win the division, no matter how many wins they have, they have a home playoff game to start, Kurt. So we'll see. But, uh, you know, we will see, Bruno. We will see. <laughs> I have nothing to take away from. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing. Moving right along. Derek bleeping Henry put the team on his back and he ran over the Indianapolis Colts all game long to a to the tune of 45 points for the Titans and only 26 for Phillip Rivers. What a, what a game. Yeah, I, Kurt, this is one of the pick six games where I should have just went with my gut. I think I distinctly remember saying, I feel like the Titans are, sorry, yeah, I feel like the Titans are going to win, so I'm going to pick the Colts. That I should have gone with my feeling because the Titans steamrolled them. I will say, both Derrick Henry and also A.J. Brown, he caught another long touchdown pass, and I think he had like a punt return for a touchdown at the end, too, or a kickoff return for a touchdown or something, too. So their playmakers stepped up when they needed them the most. This was convincing. Um, they definitely needed this both in the division race, but also, you know, overall just to establish themselves because they've been kind of shaky recently. When Derrick Henry, though, plays like that, it's just it's like, what are you going to like? What are you going to do? He like, ran, I don't understand. He ran for almost 200 yards yeah. <laughs> and like touchdowns. Right. And every time I see this fucking he looks like a 
a Mack truck, but he's like floating. Yep. He's floating when he runs. I don't, I don't it's get crazy. it. His, his legs, stride. Yes, but they look so slow, but he's going like nine yards per step. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. He is a specimen. That was a really, really nice win for Mike Vrabel's Titans. And now they're eight and three. They kind of control the AFC South here a little bit. Um, so definitely something to monitor as we go forward. It was a nice bounce back for the Titans who lost to the Colts two weeks ago. So it just shows, right. like you mentioned, week to week in the NFL. This is a weird, this is a weird league. This is a weird year in 2020 with all this stuff going on. So real nice win for the Titans. They take control of the AFC South. I want to put you on the on the on the spot, Bruno. Do the Titans win the AFC South, or do the Colts come back and sneak into it and get and claim the uh, the title? Well, Kurt, to be completely honest, it feels like you. Do, it's hard to really say for sure, as you said, because things change. But if I had to bet, it just seems like Derrick Henry and even Tannehill playing more safely and their receivers there are just more of a safe bet than the Colts, who it just they just look so vastly different week to week. And also, like we would be betting on Philip Rivers. And if you watch the Chargers for any of the past like ten years when Philip Rivers was there, you know that's always a shaky, uh, shaky bet because Philip Rivers is just an absolute wild man. You know, it, he always brings the drama, but it's, it doesn't always end well. So I would go with the Titans. I mean, I know it's easy to say that because they just had this win, but I still I think the Titans are there's more to like from the Titans than there is from the Colts. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I think I think that the uh the Titans are going to literally run away with mm. the uh, um, the the AFC South title. So we will we will watch that as the next five weeks unfold. But mm-hmm. this next game, Bruno, was a wild, wild, wild ending. The Minnesota Vikings, <laughs> Bruno, they're in the hunt. They're in the hunt. They're another win this week. They take down the Panthers 28-27 at home. They score 18 points though in the fourth quarter. This game looked like the Vic- I mean, looked like the Panthers had it won on two, maybe three different occasions. Okay, and Chad Beebe, I believe it's mm-hmm. the wide receiver's name, um, amends for the fumble that he he was on the kick kick a punt. Yeah, he muffed it. He I muffed think, a yeah. punt. Carolina recovers. They score. Blah blah blah. And then right back down the field uh, comes Minnesota, and he Chad Beebe makes a catch in the end zone with literally under a minute to go wild 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 game panthers did have a chance to win it yeah with a ridiculously long field goal again and it was a shankopotamus <laughs> it was it was a shankopotamus shout out to you for that reference um yeah this was another wild game i i know it feels stupid to say this because again the vikings aren't always going to scare some anyone especially with kirk cousins uh under center but this almost felt like a team of destiny type win not to saying the vikings are a team of destiny but I'm pretty sure they're like four and one in their last five or they've won four in a row, something along those lines. They are gaining momentum as the season goes on. Kirk Cousins, I feel like, is a guy who some confidence in himself and some good performances from himself could go a long way. Not that he played incredible the whole game, but still, when it mattered most, he led them down the field. I think he threw a touchdown to Justin Jefferson, who, again, every single week we will mention as the one who got away for Kurt's draft uh, draft board on that one. Yeah, I'd love to see that. So, yeah, he continues to play well. But, yeah, I mean... Uh, the Panthers gave it their all. It feels like this has happened a couple times. I remember they had the same sort of thing against what the Chiefs when they like had a field goal to win and missed at the end of the Chiefs game. Um, so again, this is an unfortunate theme for them. They're what are they the um, are are they fighting the Chargers for the team? I guess the Chargers probably have lost more one score games, but yeah. they're they're similar to the Chargers. Carolina's right there though for sure. And yeah. they're, I mean, 
their Panthers are four and eight. They could easily be easily be six and six, seven and five. So, um, yeah, a tough one for them. They let another one slip away. Bruno, um, do you want to talk first about this next one? Because I think you have some. I think you had to, <sighs> to apologize for okay. Picking well, points. I'd like to take this uh, chance to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody. Shadow Connor McGregor. Okay, so in all seriousness, this is the Dolphins Jets game. Uh, I was on the board with an incredibly bold take, an incredibly hot take. And an incredibly incorrect take wah, that wah, the wah. New York football Jets would get their first win this week against the Dolphins. Not only did they not win, but they didn't even come close. It was 20 to 3. I thought with Sam Darnold back and their receivers back, they would be able to score maybe one touchdown, maybe one, and maybe win, Kurt. But I was more incorrect than maybe I've ever been because they could do absolutely nothing. Sam Darnold tried to do too much. Their receivers couldn't handle it. The even with Fitzmagic playing, you know, the Dolphins are still able to pull this one out. So shout out me for looking like an absolute buffoon. I've lost. This is my second straight week with an absolutely baffling pick. First two weeks ago it was the Lions. That pick was horrible. This was my Lions pick of the week. Um, maybe I should just incorporate that to the pick six moving forward. My Lions pick of the week. We'll, we'll see. I'll have to workshop that one. But yeah, not my best. I don't. Is there any takeaways? I mean, good for the Dolphins because again, they're they're they put them to seven four. But like. What do we got to say to this? What are you What are you doing? Kurt's up. That is wrong. Oh my god! Wrong. <laughs> that is absolute wrong. You're wrong, Bruno. You're wrong, <laughs> Kurt. Kurt, I could see on our screen that he was looking for something right there, and I was just gonna talk, and I was like, I don't know what Kurt's doing right now, texting me something or whatever. No, nope. clearly Kurt's pulling out all the stops. He's having fun with himself. You know what, Kurt? I'm having fun because you picked the New York Jets to win a football game. But Kurt, it was a it was a low risk, high reward. It because was, if it was three to three at, at the end of the first quarter. And Kurt, I would have looked so fucking smart if the Jets had actually won this game. But in, I don't. But instead, <laughs> but Kurt, I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, I, I would. I took a stand. What do you want me to do? You didn't take a stand, and you dropped a game and pick six. So I'll take it. Yeah. Well, you know what, Kurt? The Jets titty fuck themselves to death. So there you go. There's the titty. There fuck. it is. It down the there it is. Man. The twenty seven minute mark, probably. Um, <laughs> The Dolphins, though, this was a big a big win for them to kind of try to keep pace in the AFC East. They're game back of the Bills, but I believe – have they played the Bills yet? I, Oof, I don't know. I, I want to say no. I don't think they have. But if, yeah. if they have, um, Buffalo has won. Let's see. Uh, they did play the Bills in week two, and they lost. Oh. Okay. So the but they lost by three. So they're a game back, but also Buffalo owns the head to head against Miami. But you know, a, a a good win for them to keep pace in the division, um, mm-hmm. and obviously for a wild card spot for Miami. So good win for them. I'm going to put you on the spot again because that's been a trend the last mm. week. Do we talked about the Steelers last week going undefeated? Will the Jets go completely oh defeated? Well, you're putting. Am I allowed to look at the schedule really quick or no? I will give it to you. Right. Okay. Give it to me. Okay. Give it to me. So the New York Jets. Now. Oh no! You know, I just remember they play us in the last week of the regular season. Oh God! What? Could you imagine, Bruno? I will. I will light myself on fire. <laughs> okay, mark that down too. <laughs> okay, they play. Let's. This is what they got going. Okay. Okay. They go. They're home against the Raiders. Okay. Oh, they're gonna. They're okay. They're at Seattle. Yikes. They're at the Rams. 
Yikes. They're home versus the Browns, who are eight and three. Okay. And then they're at New England. Yeah. Kurt, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm most worried about them getting a win against us in week 17 out of any of those. I you would, could argue the Browns. I would argue the Raiders. Well, I think, but you know what I think is going to happen with the Raiders? They're going to, it's like one of those class. I'm not saying this is a classic Raiders thing, but you know, there's sometimes when a good football team has a stinker and they come out and they just dominate the next game. My gut says that the Raiders are just going to come out this week and be like, this is, this is the medicine they needed. You could argue the Raiders. I'm not going to say that's it. That's a crazy argument, but that's my gut feeling for the Raiders. The Browns, I'm saying no, because they've beaten all the bad teams this year. They're only lost their good teams. So the Browns have at least been like, we can consistently beat the bad teams. Kurt, I am not. I don't want any part. I literally want no part of the Jets being 0 and 15 and coming to New. I want. I don't want to even think about that because that would be the worst thing that's ever happened. Well, they're gonna be 0 and 15, so that that they're gonna go undefeated. I mean, defeated. They're gonna go completely defeated. Okay, for the sake of my sanity, because I just don't even want the stress of dealing with that. I'm. They're gonna get a win before the Patriots game. That's. I have to say. It. I'm willing that into existence because I don't want any part of what comes with them coming in 0 and 15. Well, here's why I think they're gonna go 0 and 16. Okay. Because the next team we're gonna talk about, the mm. Jacksonville Jaguars, who lost mm. week to the Browns, 27-25, are one and ten. They're having <laughs> a. They're having a tank off for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't think. I don't think. I don't know if the Jaguars are gonna win a game the rest of the season. So I think the Jets are like screw screw this winning bullshit, like because the the Jaguars have at the Vikings versus Titans at the Ravens home versus the Bears at the Colts. So I mean, not as tough I don't think as the Jets, but I, I mean they're 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 trying to get a quarterback too, whether that's Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, or Trevor Lawrence. So I don't think they're going to really be trying too too hard to win too many of these games. So Kurt, you want to hear a hilarious stat slash thing I just realized? Yes. So the Jaguars are one and ten. The Jets are zero and eleven. Right, the one game difference. They both have double digit losing streaks currently because the Jaguars lost in week one in week one. So they've lost ten in a row. And the Jets have won, lost eleven in a row. <laughs> How's that even possible? That's that's atrocious. <laughs> I wish they I wish they played each other. And they oh, can you imagine if they played each other? Like both teams trying to lose. <laughs> The most incredible thing ever would be if they were both 0 and 15 and they played each other. And so one of them had to win. And oh then the winner would not get the first pick. So the loser would get the first pick. That would be, that would be insane. insane. Oh. They, they should have Mike McCarthy coach because he'll do some dumb shit and they'll lose the game. Oh, so. my God. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, the Browns, the Browns move on to eight and three. Yeah, that's a real thing. I just said that in 2020. Browns wow. eight and three. They win 27 25. Nice win for Baker. Took advantage of, you know, every, every, weapon that he has and uh, that's a nice win for the browns i mean they, they played the jaguars so like womp 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 but that's that's a good win for them they haven't faded that they have every other year so look out cleveland's probably playoff bound in 2020 yeah and not gonna lie it was a lot closer than it should have been but again like we've said the browns good win for them just getting wins and they can beat the bad teams quick little stat from the uh the recap here kurt they improved to eight and three for the first time since 1994 when our boy Bill Belichick was there. Wow. Wow. Was, Look at us. I was negative too in 1994. <laughs> well, good. Uh, that's the math for you. So, uh, yeah. I don't have any. Uh, oh, you were you were negative two and the Browns won by two. Symmetry. Wow. wow. Look at that. It's the circle of life. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> you are correct. Bruno, I, I have to be honest. This mm. next game, okay? Mm. The New Orleans Saints go to Denver. Okay, the game is not the story. Well, 
perhaps it is. Hmm. The fact that they played the game, I think, mm. is the story. I was, right. I was angry. I was annoyed. I was like, well, how can they do this to Denver? By not, for those of you who don't know, okay, all of Denver starter Drew Locke and the rest of the quarterback room was told they went on the COVID list because they didn't adhere to all the safety guidelines that you need to, uh, I guess, really follow in the NFL that they've laid out. They weren't wearing masks or something, and they have video evidence and, and picture evidence of it. So they kind of got caught red-handed breaking the rules, and they were all not allowed to play because they had to go quarantine or some bullshit. So the Denver Broncos had to start a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. And I was like, what the hell? But they, news didn't come out about the mask thing until late. So I was like, why is the NFL making Denver play this game? I, it made no sense to me. But then it kind of came out that, okay, tisk tisk, it was your fault. It wasn't anyone else's. So they made Denver play, and boy, did Denver take their lumps. They took their lumps. Bruno. They lose the game 31-3, to but what a – I mean, the whole week was weird. For the yeah, and if memory serves me correct, I think these were – I don't know when the NFL or the Broncos found out because, like, you know, that usually happens first. But I'm pretty sure we all found out or got the reports, like, Saturday afternoon or Saturday night. That that was one of the more wild, like, just breaking news things I've ever got because, again, like, it's one thing if that happens – if you get the report or you get the news that all of your quarterbacks are ineligible because they're on the COVID list. That's one thing if it's it's on a Monday. But on a Saturday – you don't have any time to bring someone in, not only to learn the offense of any capacity, right, but to like pass a COVID test to be able to even play. Because don't you need to do that too? So it's like, yes, I, like they had no time to do anything, and like it's absolutely crazy that an NFL team had to had to just deal with literally not having a quarterback for a game. We talked about it briefly on the pick six, but they tried to get their offensive quality control coach to be right. eligible to be the quarterback for this game. That would I needed that. I needed that to happen. <laughs> that would have been insane. Uh, but Kendall Hint, Kendall Hinton, I yeah, think, who played a little bit of quarterback at Wake Forest. Uh, he will go down in the history books of having a .1 QBR. <laughs> he was one of yeah. nine, two interceptions. They kept what was weird. They kept pushing the ball down the field. He, yeah. Six of his throws were 15 yards or more down the field. I was like, what are they Bro. doing? Yeah. I I mean, I wonder, like, I don't know if this sounds stupid, but, like, do you think in an actual game with maybe, like, no snow or rain, like, has there ever been a game where there was only one completed pass? Like, maybe back in the day, all they did was run, like, 100% of the time. Maybe there was some of those. But, like, th they completed one pass Somebody the whole game. Some of these Patriots games feels like they might be one completion. Okay, true, true, true. But still, like I remember seeing his stat line, and it was like one for nine for the game, or one for thirteen, or whatever it was. But like that was thirteen yards. Yeah, that was the game. Yeah, that was it. Just crazy. That's yeah, just crazy. stats guy looked that up. See if yeah. see the last time that ever happened, or if yeah. that was history. The uh, other thing I'll say though, Kurt, before we move on, because again, this is probably expected if you were to look at this game. I will say Taysom Hill for the Saints. Because the whole the whole big story coming into this into this game was he played okay in his first game starting and for injured Drew Brees he didn't really throw he had an efficient stat line that first game he had two rushing touchdowns we were all like okay he's playing the Broncos especially after this news what can he show us he didn't really look that great passing this game to be honest he had a couple picks maybe I saw some reports that were trying to shift it from like he was following the game plan and they they were playing to his strengths because he did have some more rushing touchdowns so like i will say like it, it's hard to differentiate like 
were they doing this because it gave them the best chance to win? Did they not want to throw that much because they know he kind of stinks at throwing? I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, he's clearly capable of winning, right? Because he can, he, his, his rushing touchdowns are carrying him right now. He's, he is, has like two in each game he's started so far. Right. And clearly he can do enough passing, but it's just kind of weird. Like, especially cause we're having this whole conversation. Is he the QB of the future? I feel like you'd want to see him be better as a passer if he is right. So it's like, yeah, I he, I don't think he's the answer. In New Orleans, I know he's getting paid a shit ton of money to be the backup down there, but I don't think he's the answer at all. He does not look like a competent thrower of the football, right? And you know, as much as you want to be a team that runs and runs and and is kind of ground and pound, similarly to the Patriots, they're trying to make this identity ground and pound. We're going to rush the ball thirty five times a game. We're bigger than you. We're stronger than you. We're going to outmuscle you. We're going to shove the ball down your throats. It's just not. It's not the way the league is kind of engineered right now. It's a. It is a passing league. There is no if and or buts about it. Um, so I. I just don't see the longevity of Taysom Hill in New Orleans or anywhere else for that matter. It just. I. I don't see it. Um, it. I know. I know. I know. Jameis Winston has turnover issues. But God damn it, like how is he on the how is he on the bench? Like this is the perfect scenario for Jameis Winston to come in and and he has at least playmakers around him. I know he did in Tampa Bay too, but I would have I would start Winston and then keep Taysom Hill in that role that he has, like the fullback, tight end, wide receiver, fucking lineman, whatever. He's like 18 different things. Keep him in that role. I I I don't They've won both games without Drew Brees so far, but I don't know. I don't I don't think it makes a ton of sense for the Saints. Kurt, I completely agree with you, and I have two things to add. Number one, isn't that exactly what they did with Teddy Bridgewater last year? Right? When literally to a T. Literally. So again, it's not like they haven't been able to do it and to success. And number two, Kurt, this is a little tease for a game later on to come. We see another quarterback in Tampa Bay who isn't known for turnover issues now having turnover issues. I'm not saying he's the same as Jameis, but what if it's the system and what if Jameis somewhere else wouldn't have turnovers? I don't know. I don't know. Just speculating. Uh huh. Whoa. Oh, we're going to get into it. <laughs> we're going to get into it. But yeah, um, I will say this though. Yep. Shout out to Sean Payton. In the seven games that Drew Brees has been out for the last two years. The Saints are seven and zero. Yeah, that's so. Nuts. That's really fucking impressive. Well, Kurt, you tell me what's more impressive: seven zero across two years, or eleven and five when your starter tears his ACL in week one. Eleven and five because Matt Castle was your quarterback. <sighs> Matt Castle, the goat, baby. Hell, hey oh, hey oh. Um. <laughs> The next game, Bruno. You, you were not expecting that, Matt Castle. That's where I, I could just you could I tell had a, it's pause right there. <laughs> I had a transition in my head, and I Matt Castle threw me off. Oh my god, got you got uh, castled. I got castled. Uh, <laughs> go to the Rams this week because they lost. Oh, that was good. That they was lost twenty three to twenty to the, at the hands of the 49ers. Upset, big upset this week. As we've gone over plenty, uh, how the 49ers have been injury riddled all season long. Didn't matter this week. They get the upset win in Los Angeles. Um, drops the Rams to seven and four. Jared Goff, a couple costly turnovers in this one. Um, we, I don't know, dude. I I know the Rams look legit, and they don't look legit, and they do, and then they don't. I hope we catch them on a week where they don't look legit because they have been susceptible to a lot of things. And I mean, in this 49ers game, 
the, the 49ers didn't do a lot defensively to hold the Rams to 20 points. It was kind of self-inflicted. So um, I'm not all in on the Rams yet. Yeah, and this was a perfect example of what we said earlier, right? How we said things change so quickly week to week. I was sitting here last week. You asked me, I'm pretty sure you asked me who I expect to win the NFC West. I'm fairly confident I said the Rams. You did. It's Again, it's not like I don't think that anymore necessarily because, again, it's hard to see San Francisco being consistent. Like, they're five and six. They're going to have to really dominate and have chips fall their way. Seattle has been inconsistent, too, and the Cardinals we just beat. So, like, it's not like I'm not saying that anymore, but you're absolutely right. They, they, It's just been like a light switch flipping on and off each week. One thing I'll say, though, their defense absolutely fucks. Their defense is so good. Their defense so, Um, I am terrified. For when the Patriots play them on Thursday night. Right, right. They put nine guys in the box, and Aaron right. Donald is one of them, so that counts as four. So there's technically right. 13 guys in the box. I mean, it's just, it is, that is a terrifying, terrifying idea. Concept. And this kind of, this kind of reminds you of like the Bears from like the past however many years with Mitch, right? Like they've always had that defense that's going to keep them in games. And it's like all they're asking their quarterback to do or their offense to do is just be competent enough to score like a point more than the other team. And it's like their offense can't even do that. I think the Rams are definitely better than those Bears because, again, they've shown the offensive capability. Like, they've shown that they can, when they're on, they're on. But like you said, Jared Goff, I mean, it feels like one every other week. It's just like, oh, yep, definitely deserves this huge contract. And then the next week, it's like he stinks. He's overpaid. I, I don't know what's I don't know what's going on. But we even saw Sean McVay literally after the game was just like our quarterback has to play better. And he never says shit like that. And I he was, just came out and said it. So. Goff, no touchdowns, two interceptions, QBR of 10. Really bad game for him. Really, really bad game for him mm-hmm. um okay <laughs> take a deep breath because this has this game had a lot to talk about so the chiefs go down tampa bay bruno took the chiefs i took tom brady uh i lose uh but i don't lose as much as fucking bruce arians <laughs> <laughs> fuck that guy oh kurt not a bad no. fuck that guy okay they lose 27 24 they should have lost 54 to fucking 10, but you have the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh, Kurt, he threw two interceptions. Yeah, I saw assholes. I saw him. Okay. <laughs> okay, relax. He also was, he's also clutch as fuck and brought mm. them back into that game. Also, the Tampa defense settled down. Okay. Yeah. But what a fucking idiot. That's your plan versus Patrick. Also, do they even have a plan for Patrick? <laughs> go off, King, go off. No, I mean, it was 17 nothing at the end of the first quarter. And that, that fucking delinquent coaching staff in Tampa Bay, they should go fucking coach Granby Youth D football, and they might they might go 500. Damn. They, they're Byron Leftwich, what the fuck did you do in the league to get an offensive coordinator job? Who yeah, the Kurt. fuck are you? Bruce yeah. Arians, who the fuck are you? you? No, no, no. You mentioned it earlier. You're like <laughs> the Jameis Winston interception thing. And I mentioned it last week. When Bruce Arians is the fucking person in charge of the offense, he had Andrew Luck, he had Ben Roethlisberger, he had Carson Palmer, he had fucking uh, who was there last year, Jameis Winston. Oh yeah, Emo- they had the most interceptions ever in their career when Bruce Arians was calling plays. When the fuck does he look in the mirror and be like, "Wow, I've had a lot of talent at quarterback," and rather than do anything with it? I fucking suck at scheming. I suck at play calling, and look what happens. He he is responsible. Bruce Arians, BA as some call him, 
is mm. responsible for at least, at least two losses for the Buccaneers this year. At least two. And he has nobody to... F- he'll blame Tom because he clearly likes to fucking do that after the game. But it's his fault. Yeah, I'm, and I'm okay, <laughs> and Kurt, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I you've been saying it for weeks. I I don't know if it wasn't. I wasn't as convinced, or I wasn't as whatever with it. But I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you we even see it now too, and even more gent- detrimental than it already has been with Tom Brady. Like you do see, he gets asked that question at the press conference, and then he just walks off. He's like, "Fuck this shit. I'm not talking about this shit." So well, he didn't say that, but he basically said that. He literally walked um, away. Yeah, he literally walked away. So that speaks volumes. Again, I don't, it's like, I think what you said last week and what all the ESPN and Fox Sports experts who listen to our show and are saying this week are saying is so true. And that next year, it seems like the Bucs are going to have a good record and then probably disappoint in the playoffs. That's what it seems like it's going to happen. It's hard to see Bruce Arians with the way things are going now being back next year because he can't, he can't be back. He's an idiot. Yeah. He, he is an idiot, Kurt, because again, week after week, it's like one of the biggest things they say, both in game, which Belichick is good for, but then week to week is adjustments, right? What, have they, do they know what that word is? Are they aware that that word adjustments exists, Kurt? Are they aware that you do not have to do the same thing over and over again? I don't know, because it seems like that's what they're doing. It's just, it's comically bad. It is comically bad. Um, there are seven and five right now going to the bye week. They have a fucking cupcake scheduled to end the season. They're, uh, what is it? Vikings at the Falcons at the Lions home versus Falcons. Okay. They're probably going to go four now. They should, that team, that roster should go four now. Yeah. They might go three and one because Bruce Arians is their fucking head coach, but <laughs> you get like, you get the idea. They're going to be a playoff team. Okay. It's just a matter of seeding for them at that point. They're not going to win right. the NFC South. So it's just five through seven. Where did that, where does Tampa fall? Um, it's, it's, (sighs) I don't even know what I want to say. It's just so, it's been so poorly mismanaged. Like I think about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown, and I fucking was an offensive coordinator for a high school team that wasn't that good. Okay. If you have those fucking weapons at your disposal, you should be able to do something like have some sort of game plan to get them in positions to succeed. He has like Antonio Brown running that like outside receiver. Antonio Brown doesn't do that. Why are you doing that? He has Antonio Brown in the backfield. Dude, stop fucking overthinking things. Put Antonio Brown in the slot. Put Mike Evans on the outside. Put Chris Godwin on the outside and go to work. Like it's just it's 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 so fucking bad. And I know I keep talking about Byron Leftwich too, but for the 18th time, who the fuck is he? Why is he an offensive coordinator? Like, I don't know if it's Bruce. And then there was like this weird thing about Bruce Aaron's like, well, I called well. No, he was like, I call the plays, but I run them by Byron first or some bullshit. And like, why do you, why do you have an offensive coordinator to sit there and look pretty? Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh fuck, Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's hard to disagree. Every week, it looks more and more likely. I said it November twenty fourth last week at six fourteen p.m. Okay, oh, so we're, I said that last week that mm-hmm. Bruce, one of Tom or Bruce is going to be gone. It ain't going to be Tom. So Bruce Arians is going to be out. He has to be out. I hope the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lose the first game of the playoffs. I hope oh they my do. God. No, I hope they Could... do. And I hope Bruce Arians, gets, Bruce Arians gets fired the next day. Maybe that fucking night. I don't know yet. <laughs> Could you imagine they go to New York to play the Giants first round of the playoffs and lose to the Giants? Could we, you imagine? We saw how much trouble they had with the Giants earlier this year. Yeah. 
dude i dude yeah um i i was gonna wait for this for the patriots but I'm, we're gonna chat about it real quick right now okay okay i think my favorite thing that has happened in 2020 mm. in terms of nfl is i've said i want the patriots to do well i want brady to do well i love tom brady he's been my role model since i was a little kid but i'm i'm happy that both teams are struggling and by that i mean you look at the patriots they've had four games where they sh- could have should have won it okay we've been through it a thousand times yep the seattle game the broncos game the bills game the denver game they've had yep. four games where they could have won or tied on the last drive should have should have should have won multiple of those games yep in the end you don't have that guy who's been there for that long who is the most clutch performer ever He's not there anymore to bail you out, okay? So the Patriots are five and six. They are what they are. They're not a huge, talented roster. They're not like that. And then you flip over to the Buccaneers side of things, and they're seven and five right now with one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And I know I said at the beginning at the beginning of the season, right? It's going to take some time for it to gel. It started to gel, and then Bruce Arians went and fucked it up. Okay, so I'm happy that Tom Brady is now looking like, oh shit. I have a delinquent head coach who can't fucking he waste his timeouts for no reason. He challenges dumb shit. He's the dumbest offensive mind in football. He looks like a fucking Star Wars character. I, I, I'm just happy. I'm, you can't tell by my voice, but I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy because you know what? Bill and Brady needed each other to succeed. Right. The six fucking Super Bowls don't happen if they're both not there. Right. So. I wish the egos didn't get involved and they realized it back then. Holy shit. Like you're so fucking lucky that you have each other and you were able to have six Super Bowls and go to nine and you should have won more. Like it bothers me now that like the egos got involved. And I think sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I think both of them are starting to realize that. Yeah, you put it absolutely perfectly, Kurt. I think that was the one thing that's always bugged us as Patriots fans, people throughout the years being like, it's all Brady, it's all Belichick, one stinks, one is the reason they're good, blah, blah, blah. And then when they left, you saw all the same things being said. It's like, oh, Bill can't go win without Brady. Oh, Brady can't win without whatever, blah, blah, blah. We're just tired of hearing all that. I think the season's proving your point just splendidly in that they worked at their peaks when they were together. And we're seeing them not be at their peaks when they're not together. Obviously, again, there's other factors, especially with 2020 and the season specifically going on. Totally understandable. But still, I'm also happy that I, I it would have been a little upsetting if one side was a clear winner. And then it was just like, oh, shit, like, where, you know, was it one person over the other? I don't want to even think about that. I like how I like the the image and the just way it worked when they were both were together. They were at their peaks. We won Super Bowls. Yep. Absolutely. Speaking of, well, you got one more point. I was going to say, I, I know we're, we're, we need to get to Patriots stock, so we'll speed through this last part. But one thing I will say before I move on to the next game, because we didn't talk about the Chiefs. Again, not too much to say really about the Chiefs. They're good. When they care, they can score at will. It seems like they kind of checked out a little bit in this game. Bucks defense played well, blah, blah, blah. The only thing I'll mention, did you see what Tyree Kill did in this game? <laughs> the, well, his stats are the flip into the end zone. Well, but I was going to say the stats, but the flip was also incredibly the impressive. The flip was very impressive. But yeah, um... It would be a really fucking good idea to guard Tyree Kill when you play the Chiefs. The Bruce Arians and his boys are like, nah, nah, fam. No. Yeah. For those who didn't watch, he had like, I, I think it was around seven catches, over 200 yards, 
and three touchdowns in the first quarter of the game. Yeah, I turned the game off. I was, it was insane. Actually, no, it was 17 nothing in the first quarter. Yes. I don't know. He had that in the he first had, half, had, whatever it was. No, he had over 200 yards in the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah, Four. and he had at least two touchdowns. It was insane. He had, I mean, I know we talk about fantasy a lot. He ended up with like in the 50s for fantasy points because he, it was just like, and it was one of those things with adjustments, right? I can understand when Mahomes is picking on a corner. Like that's like you exploit matchups in the NFL, right? But then you have to well, make some a adjustments. Co- a good coach exploits matchups in the NFL. Okay, fair. Good point. Good Not point. We talked about Bryce Arians. At some point, it's like, are you going to stop? Are, what do you, are you going to stop that from happening? Oh, like, <laughs> you, and you raise a really good fight point okay i don't like the chiefs at all i don't like patrick mahomes at all Mm-mm. but i respect the shit out of them and i respect the shit out of andy reed okay because late in this game they needed to run the clock out to get a first down game over yep andy reed looks across the sideline he knows what's over there <laughs> He knows. He knows the goat over there. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not, I'm not going to run the ball three times. He threw it, and they won the game. He's like, yeah. I have I have the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I have Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes gets us here. I'm going to let Patrick Mahomes do his thing. And he did. And they won the game because of it. I mean, they won the game for a lot of reasons. But that was I liked that coaching style from Andy Reid. And after the game, he was, they asked him. They were like, dude, why don't you just run the ball three times and get out of there? He's like, because I learned a long time ago not to give Tom Brady the ball back. <laughs> yep. So, again, I love that. Love that from him. I will also say, like, it's what's kind of crazy is that you could say Patrick Mahomes in that offense and passing it in that situation is, like, gives you equivalent or better of a chance than running it. Whereas even if you have, like, a pretty good quarterback, you probably still run it. But the fact that Patrick Mahomes is playing at this level right now, it's just like that's like basically the same chance, if not better, for him throwing it. So again, I the takeaway is though I love him being like, yo, we fucking learned, we've learned our lesson in giving the ball to Tom Brady. We're gonna, we're gonna get we're gonna get these first downs and get out of here. Yep, correct. Um yeah, so you sorry for my rant about Bruce Arians. Terrible no, you're coach. Not. Don't no, you're, you're not sorry. I'm not sorry. I've been sitting on that for <laughs> I can tell. Bro, speaking of bad coaches. Matt oh, Nagy is the coach of the Chicago Bears, and they stink. Yeah. Finally, we, or are they frauds? Yes, they're fucking frauds. They lose to the Packers this week, 41-25. to Matt Nagy, after the game, or it was technically Monday, or no, yeah, Monday, calls out his entire team. So they played, like, soft. So they played, like, they got to find the will to, if they want to play or not, blah, 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 blah. Again, homie, look in the mirror. You're a bad play caller. Like, you're everything's terrible. The Chicago Bears are a joke. And I know they went back to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, yuck, gross, terrible. <laughs> he shouldn't be on a football field. Oh, great win for the Packers. They score 41 in just three quarters. They didn't do shit in the fourth, but they didn't have to. So, uh, this game was not even that close. It was 41 to 11, no, 10, 41 to 10, and going, going into the fourth quarter. And they could sit on their thumbs, and they did. Yeah, Kurt, there's, I don't have any takeaways for this game. Mitch didn't work. The Bears stink. The um, Packers, just any time they need a win, they play the Bears. doesn't matter the year. If Aaron Rodgers is there, then they're going to win by a lot because he just, he just, it's just like he just does whatever the fuck he wants to the Bears. So, you know, good win for the Packers, I guess, getting back on track. And yeah, I know the Bears, they, uh, they stink. They stink. They almost stink as bad as the Eagles, mm. but not quite. The Eagles mm. moved 23 17 to the Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Huge win for Seattle, like we mentioned in the NFC West. Uh, that division is super tight. Seahawks get themselves a little bit of a cushion. Um, a really, really bad game, though. Like a really ugly 
ugly game on both sides of the ball. Russell Wilson wasn't as sharp as he normally is. Uh, terrible play calling by Seattle on multiple fourth downs by the goal line. They do struggle by the goal line, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the one thing, uh, DK Metcalf, dude, I don't, how did he last to the end of the second round? DK Metcalf is that guy. He is that fucking guy. He is a beast. And he was huge again in this win. Um, I Good win for the Seahawks, I guess. Carson Wentz, he should be shot to the fucking sun, too, because he stinks. Yeah, yeah, you, you you nailed it, Kurt. Even with Chris Carson coming back, like you said, the play killing was so curious. DK Metcalf is fucking unbelievable. He is so good. We were talking about Derrick Henry running. DK Metcalf running, it's like almost the same thing. Like his strides are so long, but he's so quick. He glides. He just speeds past people. His catch radius is unbelievable. People are caught. Like there was that whole thing where, uh, who is it? The Schwartz coach on the yeah. Eagles was yeah. like, you're not you're not uh, Calvin Johnson yet. He, he was trying to say he meant that as a compliment because he was saying it's on his way there. Metcalf after the game was like, it did the MJ meme where he was like, and I took that personally. Mm-hmm. And he had like, and he finished the game with like 173 yards. So he went off. I will say the fact that th- this was only even close because of that fucking hilarious Hail Mary at the end from the Eagles. Yep. Richard Rodgers, again, just loves to catch <laughs> ridiculous uh, touchdowns from Hail Mary. So um, yeah, the Eagles are tarsh. We saw Jalen Hurts come in, like throw, make a good completion, and then come immediately out of the game. The Eagles don't know what they're doing. So, how did we lose to that fucking coach in a Super Bowl, dude? And it's like I'd love to even be like we lost to Nick Foles, but seeing him on the Bears this year, it's like, did we even? I don't even know. It's just you know, miracles happen. Doug Peterson and and an incompetent (sighs) quarterback. Yeah, not great. Brady should have a dick ring by now. He should have that. He should have the seventh ring. Uh, uh, fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, all right. Ready to talk paths? Uh, hey, Kurt, we took our time getting here, but we're here. We took our time 58 minutes in, but here we are talking about here the we Patriots. Are. Um, Bruno, I'm actually kind of happy we don't have to talk too, too long about the Patriots because I don't have a lot of takeaways from this game um, other than I want to start with the defense. Of course, because I came on here and I shit talked them last week Mm -hmm. about how they performed against Deshaun Watson. And I was like, if you don't figure it out and you don't fix it, Kyler Murray is going to run wild on you. Now, I want to preface this by saying Kyler Murray undoubtedly is injured. Okay, he I know he has the AC joint issue on his throwing shoulder. Um, It was pretty evident to me that they the um, that Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals did not really call too many or at right um, like quarterback runs or anything like that, like design quarterback runs. So I I would say their their game plan was a little bit handicapped because of the injury, but it's it still remains the same. Kyler Murray is a magician in the pocket. Kyler Murray is a magician escaping, uh, avoiding pressure, avoiding the rush. Okay, I had warned uh, on last week's episode. That sounded so cocky. I had you know, <laughs> well, you did, Kurt. You I know, checked the tape. I had said like if Bill Belichick just stands back there and only rushes two defenders again, I was like, it's not going to bode well for the Patriots. Deshaun Watson dissected them, and I'm not saying Kyler Murray is as, as good as Deshaun Watson, but I'm Kyler Murray is a legit starting quarterback, and I think that that can be backed up with plenty of evidence by now in year two. Um, yep. But. I know I mentioned this, and I said I want to see the Patriots kind of go after him. They kind of blitzed the shit out of him, and it worked. Um, and there are some guys on this defense, Bruno, that I am very, very, very excited to watch for the next five years. I hope you're starting with Duggar. 
I'm starting with fucking Kyle Duggar. That was he a is hard, so fucking good. From Division two, Lenore Ryan, a uh, stud. And I was like, <laughs> so Bill Belichick hit that out of the park. Okay, that's a great that's a great draft pick. I want to start with again with Chase Winovich. Yeah, your boy. You can say what he wants. He's a clown. He flopped. He, did, you, did you see his flop? Did you see? Oh that? yeah, that yeah. Hey, you know, market. We love market smart. And you know, I'm not saying. I'm you're right. Saying. You're right. You're right. I'm not going to judge him. But I loved. I love <laughs> the way Chase Winovich, Winovich plays. Um, everyone's like he's just a pass rusher. Homie, go watch this game's tape because he looked real good and run support. So he made some really really nice plays at defense that defensive end. And then the most underrated player on the Patriots roster. Not the defense. Well, yes, on the defense, but not just the defense. On the entire roster, who I've literally had a fucking boner for since he came onto the team. Call a doctor, but it's okay. uh, More than four hours. Adam (laughs) Butler. What a game. He is a weapon. Hashtag weapons. With Hashtag the weapons. He, the way he can get after the quarterback is awesome. From a defensive tackle perspective, um, it, it's kind of unusual. You have guys like when Danny Shelton was here. Danny Shelton's not sacking the quarterback or getting his hands up. He's, just, he's a run stuffer. He's a two-gap player trying to stop the run. Adam Butler is one of those guys that can go get the quarterback. And what a game did he have? He had a sack, two quarterback hits, like three pressures. Um, he deflected the pass that got intercepted by Adrian Phillips. Just a really, really good plan by Bill Belichick. A really good plan by Steve Belichick, who mm. Belichick finally admitted is the play caller for defense. Um, but, you know, this game started out terribly, terribly yep. for the Patriots. And they made yep. a lot of adjustments. The, the Cardinals only scored seven points the last three quarters. And uh, I'll, I would say 90% of the credit goes to the defense for that because the offense didn't do shit for the Patriots. Yeah, Kurt, we went down 10 nothing, and in my head and out loud, I was just kind of like, oh, no. Because like we had talked about how good we our team is and how good our other team is, and we had been previewing this game for a while, and we know how explosive the Cardinals can be, right? So they go up 10 nothing in the first quarter, and it's like, oh, boy. But just like you said, the defense came to play today. Gilmore, after literally publicly being like, you know who I'm guarding this week, came out to play he had a great game i've been trying to pull up the the box score but it's not loading but oh here we go hopkins had five catches for 55 yards on seven targets so i mean that's nope. okay nope. but still for for hopkins but standard that's below correct that is below hopkins standard but when stefan gilmore was guarding d hop because they were, oh, there you go. they were in zone a couple times there you go. i don't have the exact stat but i think i think kyler was three of four for 26 yards you will take that every day against DeAndre Hopkins. There were a couple times where, you know, Gilmore played off coverage a little bit because he, right. he didn't want to get burned by Hopkins deep. Right. If you're telling me that, I mean, you go back to the Texans game last year, Hopkins kind of ate Gilmore's lunch a little bit. He kind of stole his lunch money and then he ate some lunch right in front of his fucking face. This year, completely different story. The Patriots were like, Steph, Gillylock, you're on D-Hop. Shut his ass down, and we're going to do different things defensively elsewhere. And it was, I mean, um, J.C. Jackson was really good on Christian Kirk. The whole defense played really, really, really well. And I have to say this, too. Give credit where credit is deserved. Josh Uche, phenomenal in this game, looking like an athlete. Um, That looks like a great pick for Belichick, too. And someone who deserves a lot of credit. Therese Hall, who plays middle Mm -hmm. linebacker, promoted from the practice squad. He and uh, I give Juwan Bentley a ton of shit because I don't think he's that good of a of a linebacker in the NFL. He's played so much now that I think 
you can kind of see what his weaknesses are, and there are quite a few. But mm-hmm. they were phenomenal in the middle of that defense this week. And the the turning point of this game was right before the half. Arizona right. goes for it on fourth and one from the half inch yep. line. They get yep. stuffed. It's Jawan Bentley. It's some guy named Spence. I don't know who the hell he is. <laughs> but I, I just uh, that was the, my dad. Shout out B Rad. He probably is listening to this. Um, he said it at the break. He was like, "Well, well, before the play, he goes, we stop them, we win the game. They score, we lose the game." And I mean, I mean, I kind of roasted him. I was like, "Yeah, no shit, dad." But like, we, <laughs> I, that was that was the turning point of the game. And I guess. You didn't see it on TV, but I guess the Patriots sideline was just just erupted, like erupting. Yep, they had all the momentum. They took it forward in the third quarter. They had a huge third quarter, um, and it, it ultimately led them to a W against a, a team that was, you know, the Cardinals were favored in this game and for good reasons. But the Pats, uh, again, it's playing to their competition. The Cardinals were a right. good football team. The Patriots play up now. Will that continue moving forward? Because you got some good teams coming up, so. We will see, but they're going to need a lot more from the offense because it looked putrid in this game. Yeah, well, speaking of the offense, Kurt, I have two other quick, they're not as large takeaway points, but they are points about this game that I felt worth bringing up. Number one, did you see, and I know you're about to go off, that bullshit penalty wiping away the Gunnar Olszewski touchdown? Yes. That was ludicrous. For those who don't know, I, actually, I forget who did, Anthony Jennings, who was Anthony it that Jennings, actually did? Anthony Jennings, the um, right. linebacker out of Alabama. Right. He basically... Gonna, it was a punt, right, that Olszewski was, was yes, returning? Yes, he returned it for 85 yards and a touchdown, right. but they threw a flag. And it was the, it was the most textbook, like, shoulder pad block. It wasn't helmet to helmet. It, it, he, there wasn't a lot of momentum. The guy was trying to make a tackle on Olszewski. It was just a textbook tackle. And they ca- what was the actual penalty? I'm for, forgetting the name of the penalty. It, they called it um, a block in the back or per- right or something so stupid. It should have been called a, if they were going to call it, it's like a peel, a peel back block, which right. <laughs> so by the rule, by the, by the, I, I didn't know this while it was happening. Cause I went off. I, I was screaming. I was, tweeting, I was, I was furious. furious. I was mad. I was big mad. Like, These fucking refs jobbed us out of four points, blah, blah, blah. If you look at the definition of what that like block in the back thing is if you want to get real specific it was a penalty it is the dumbest rule i've ever seen so basically what they said was because he was facing his own end zone it's a penalty because of his momentum was carrying him that way but that's not even true because he was facing the patriots sideline and blocked him with his shoulder very clean block he didn't take a running start that man right. would have tackled Gunnar Olszewski if he was right. not blocked. So Dean Blandino comes on Fox. He's like, well, he should have shielded him. He should have, oh he should have shielded him. Bruh. That man was running at full speed at Anthony Jennings. Anthony Jennings literally just put his shoulder down and got in the way. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah. he shouldn't put the shoulder up. He should put his hands up. And the announcer was like, wouldn't that kind of suscept him for, to injury? And Dean Blandino was like, uh, yeah. So <laughs> fuck you, asshole. Like, yeah. change the rule. That, yeah, that was so bad, and it was. I thought, I thought that was going to cost the Patriots a game. 
Me too. And I was going to be absolutely furious if that was what the game had come down to. So I'm glad we won. I will say, Kurt, you're you're right, I guess, if you want to get technical about it. But what that almost reminds me of is like, you know how they say like you could almost call holding on like every play or you could yeah. almost call this on every... It's like the same thing to me. It's like there are instances where technically if you review the game tape, you could be like, oh, that's holding. That's this. That's that. But it's like you don't because, again, that's just part of the game. Again, the most important things of this play, he wasn't even running. And the guy was trying to tackle Olszewski. It's crazy. It's crazy. So anyways, no, it again, I, it, I'm i glad it didn't end up mattering, but that was bananas. And again, it sucks for Olszewski because it's like an electric play that now it's just like he doesn't have that. Yeah, so. it, it is. And it would have been his first ever touchdown in the NFL. And right. it's, I thought it was interesting this week. Um, the Patriots special teams were phenomenal, but there was a little bit of a shakeup. Gunnar Olszewski has been returning kickoffs all season. He was not the back, the deep man. He was the second guy up. But um, Dante Moncrief from the practice squad right, uh, had a really, really, really big 53-yard kick return that kind of uh, rejuvenated the Patriots' offense a little bit, got them going. And then, obviously, Gunner should have had the touchdown and the punt return for 85 yards. So a really nice week from your special teams. And then, obviously, Nick Folk with the 50-yard field goal to win the game at the buzzer uh, as time was expiring. So... A nice performance. The Patriots really played complimentary football really, really well this game. Um, when Cam threw that pick in the fourth quarter, that mm. probably should have been the game. The defense allowed one first down and, and forced a 45-yard field goal. I know most kickers in the NFL make that kick, but they could have let Arizona just drive down the field yep. to the 15-yard line and kick a 30-yard field goal and win the game. But they didn't. They buckled down. They knew the – I mean – it was it was just a, it was complimentary football in every in every aspect of it and um so it was a nice win for the patriots i w- i do want to talk offense for a second mm-hmm. because the patriots are going to have to figure something out and i know i've i know i've said i want cam to be the guy next year Uh-oh. and no, i i still do i want cam to be here but something is going to need to change from an evolution standpoint of this offense because right. If you, if you, meaning Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, cannot trust Cam Newton to throw the football, then what are we doing here? Because Arizona, I don't want to get into nickel and dime coverage and all this bullshit because it's that's, mm-hmm. that's not what I want to do. But Arizona essentially, essentially played a goal line defense the entire fucking way down the field. They were like, we know we have no respect for your receivers. We have no respect yep. for your quarterback throwing the football. We're going to stand with eight, sometimes nine guys <laughs> in the box. They brought safeties down to the line of scrimmage. They were just like, you're, you're not going to run the football against us. And it worked. It worked because even when the Patriots threw, they still loaded the box and they put yep. shit out of Cam. Cam got sacked three times, had the ball batted uh, up in the air for interception. They, the Cardinals, who don't have that good of a defense, got after Cam really, really, really well this game. And it's a little bit nerve-wracking going forward because if there's in the past, if teams stacked the box, even when Brady was quarterback at the end of 2018 when they beat the Rams and they had the Patriots had that ground and pound running game. If you load the box, fuck you. We're gonna put five wide, we're gonna empty it out, and we're gonna we're gonna make dissect you that way. There's no willingness so far this season to do that from Josh McDaniels and Cam Newton. So it's putting Cam in a really, really, really hard spot. Um, and obviously, the you only have Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers who are competent pass catchers because Ryan Izzo, simply not it. 
Nikhil Harry. I've tried. I've tried Dude, to def- Nikhil Harry. I've tried to defend him for so long. He might not make the team next year. He's that bad. Like it is. Bruh. He is that bad. Um, which is. He's a fucking six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pound receiver. Why are we handing him the ball on jet sweeps? Yeah, what are we doing, like, Josh? What are we doing? Um, so it's just we don't have a lot of playmakers. Yes, James White is phenomenal. Damian Harris is phenomenal, but you need to be able to be multi-dimensional on offense. You can have your thing. You can have your shtick that you're good at, which is obviously running the ball. But there needs to be a second element to this offense that. You have to be able to respect because right now you're going to see exactly what Arizona did, exactly what yep. ten, um, the Texans did. You're going to load the box and you're going to dare them, dare them to throw the ball. Cam was able to throw it really well in the Texans game. He struggled mightily this week. Um, but you're going to see, maybe not with the Chargers, you should win the Chargers game. I think even though the Patriots are favored to lose or they're, they're the underdog somehow. I don't know. How. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> that Rams game, especially. The Bills game, the Dolphins even, you you got some stuff to figure out from an offensive perspective if you want to go forward here. Um, so uh, that'll be interesting to navigate the next five weeks. Yeah, and I was going to bring up both Nikhil Harry, which you said already, massive disappointment. It's like we desperately need more pass catchers. It's like, again, no disrespect to Myers and Bird, but like we're talking about Jacoby Myers and bird being our best and only two wide receivers. That's when you just take a step back, that's a ludicrous thing to say about our team. Luda. Nice. And then my other thing is like, this is a little bit not as concerning. Well, it's still concerning, but not as big. Obviously you saw Edelman went on the COVID list. Also not great. He's still recovering and rehabbing. And I don't know what his timeline is looking at. We talked about last week to even want him to come back. I said, no, last week, Obviously, if we're going to make a playoff run, you could argue that we need him, especially after this week. But now he's on the COVID list. I don't know what's going on with that. He needs to figure that out. But yeah, I agree. We need to be able not even to have a Tom Brady level offense of passing, just an average to a competent to average passing game. So that exactly like you said, the defense can has to prepare for multiple things instead of coming in and just being like, we're going to load the box and then that's it. So I mean, like it's a. I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. It's a high school offense. They're running right. a high school offense. It doesn't work in the NFL. Right. It. I. That is going to be the storyline. The defense got lit up against the Texans. If they can play like they did this week, they're going to be fine. The offense needs to figure it out. Agreed. And out. yeah, and we. The one other minor point from the offense, Sony Michelle was what a healthy and active this week because he was back, but he didn't play. Or what was oh, the deal, Sony Michelle? Healthy and active last week in Houston. Rex Burkhead tears his ACL. Michelle was active this week, played one snap. Oh, he played one snap. I was trying to look. I my stats aren't loading. I was trying to see if he even did. So okay. So again, not that he's the answer to anything, but like maybe we can do keep Harris fresh. I don't know. We'll see because we're gonna need more James White, who did a good job in this game. He's your boy, Sweet Feet White. He's the man. Great guy. He did, he played well. But like you said, our our offense is gonna have if we if again if we're getting sucked back in and now we're go we're all aboard the Patriots train as like it, you can argue that after this week maybe there's a justified reason to do so. We're going to need to figure out the offense. So, Yeah, and I was reading a piece by Mike Reese, who's the Patriots beat reporter for oh, ESPN. Great guy. Mike Reese is top of the line, like just the kind of guy you want to read. You want to read his stuff. You want to watch his interviews. He's a great guy. He was saying the Patriots just need to spark offensively. They need to spark. Yep. Whether that's Julian Edelman coming back, but who knows with this COVID thing now and him you know, returning to play from the, the knee surgery he had. 
whether it's getting Devin Asiasi back and having some capable pass catcher at tight end, whether it's uh, sitting Nikhil Harry and saying, we fucked it up, he's not good. Let's play Dante Moncrief, who has taken advantage of the minimal opportunities that he's had with the Patriots. He had a really nice catch and run last week. Obviously, he was uh, a big part of the special teams this week. Maybe give him a chance. I mean, he can't be worse than Nikhil Harry. Like, he literally can't be worse than him. So give him a shot. Let him go make some plays. When he was with the Colts and when he had Andrew Luck as his quarterback, he was averaging over 12 and a half yards per catch. Like, I'm not saying he's going to do that with the Patriots, but give the man a chance is what I'm saying. Like, no, they need a spark. I was going to say that, too. I remember I even picked up Dante Moncrief in fantasy a couple times based on those years with the Colts. So I agree. I mean, if Dante Moncrief just needs a little time to throw an offense, that's fine. But once he gets used to it or whatever, we need to bring him out because clearly what we have is 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 lacking. And like you can't just it's like Nikhil. It's like how many more times are we going to do the Nikhil Harry thing before? It's like, all right, we have Dante Moncrief. He's not even a rookie. He's a guy who's been around and he's caught. Pat. He's you know, he's he's somewhat of a veteran. Yeah, I, I hope the spark is him because, Kurt, if it's not Moncrief, I don't know where it's coming from. Well, I want to talk, too, about Isaiah Ford. The Patriots go out and trade for – Oh, yeah. The trade deadline. He's been inactive for two weeks. Bro, You're telling me what? he is that much worse than Nikhil Harry? Um, Sir, Bill, I've seen Nikhil Harry play. He stinks. <laughs> Get him off the field. <laughs> Kurt, it sounds like you've made up your mind about Nikhil Harry. I've tried to defend him for so long, and I don't think he's being used properly. I don't. But – at some point, you're a fucking first-round pick for a wide receiver. I've seen sure. your tape at Arizona. Do something. Do something. Oh, I'm a good contested catch guy. Well, you had a chance to make a contested catch on a slant this week, and you fucking dropped it. So get get out of my face. Get out of my face. Kurt, not to add uh, salt to the wound here, but what was DK Metcalf in the same draft as Nikhil Harry? Yeah, uh, he was, and A.J. Brown uh, in the same draft. Oh, uh, Kurt. No. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts. Uh, Bruno, uh, if you look at the Patriots' receptions this week, Jacoby Myers had five. Demir Bird had three. James White had one. Nobody else caught a pass. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure James White was for negative one yards, too. It was. (laughs) Two players catch passes for positive yards. Yikes. And again, it's Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. Like, they're, they're good pieces. They're good pieces. They're not the pieces. Right. I, I, again, the offense needs to evolve if they want to go anywhere. And that's, that's what I want to wrap up with here. Okay. If they want to go anywhere, the offense better figure it the fuck out. Okay. So the Patriots going into this week had a 7% chance of making the playoffs. What is it now? 12. Uh, only 12? Yeah. Damn. Here's why. They think the Patriots are going to lose a game. If the Patriots somehow beat the Chargers, and beat them. right, and then they have the three divisional games to end the season. If they win all five, their playoff percentage chance ninety eight. I like that. Five and zero, oh, they're in the playoffs. However, if they lose one, okay, no, I saw. If they lose the Rams game, and that's the only win the other four AFC games, right? They're at like a sixty eight percent chance to make the playoffs. Is that because both the Bills and the Dolphins have beat the Rams? <sighs> yes. Uh, and it would have the Patriots beating the Bills and the Dolphins. So, like, 68% chance. If they lose one game in the AFC, they're not making the playoffs. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, unless, God. unless something catastrophic happens elsewhere. It's like oh. 21%. So. Oh, God. Well, Kurt. 
I mean, buckle up, Spain, buckle there's up. a chance. Every game is a playoff game going forward now. I'm just trying to really quick look at the standings. I know we're wrapping up, but really quick. We're tense. So if we made the playoffs, we would be the fourth seed. No, 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 no. We're not going to win the division. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. What am I thinking? We would be we play the, the... Would it be... Right now, the Dolphins are at six, and the Colts are tied at with them at seven. We wait. What are we? What's our record right now? We are six. five and six. So best we could go is ten and six. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. But that would be the Dol- We would have to beat the Dolphins, so they drop a game. Um, <laughs> I don't. Know. It's it's sketchy. It- we're gonna need also just throwing this out there. We're gonna need the Steelers to if we make the playoffs. We're gonna need the Steelers to not be the first seed because if we have to play the Chiefs in the first round fucking titty fucker but that's we, the second titty fuck of this yeah but at the same time bill, bill belichick we said it after the week four game or whatever i know i know only one who can foil patrick mahomes right now but, but like I'd, Kurt, much, Kurt. I'd much rather play pittsburgh but that, that what that, i would hold on oh, sorry, yeah. that pittsburgh defense is really fucking good i know but kurt Honestly, and I know it's funny as a team that's not in the playoffs right now, but the potential playoff teams, like outside of the Chiefs, like the Steelers, I know they're undefeated, but I think they're beatable. The I Titans, do, they're do. off and on. The Bills, they're the Bills. The Browns, not good. The Dolphins, the Colts, all of those teams are beatable, which is crazy. I know we're the Patriots and we're five and six, but Kurt, I'm just saying, it's it's basically the Chiefs. It it just bothers me. So, <laughs> it just bothers me so much. That were like fighting and clawing, trying to get in the playoffs. We lost to the fucking Broncos. Broncos. I know. And the Texans. And the 49ers. Don't forget the 49ers. They were right? healthy. They were healthy. They were a juggernaut that game. The, that that okay. was George I know, still. National Tight End Day eating. I know. We just got shit on and that made me sad. It's just it's, this team plays up or down to their competition. They've had it's some infuriating losses. This team could easily be three and eight. This team could easily be eight and three. It has been such a wacky season, and we are in for a fucking roller coaster ride the last five weeks. Strap in. But hey, nowhere else you want to be than playing the field, listening to it. So it, am I right? Big facts. Big facts. Bruno, anything else before we wrap up? No, Kurt. I mean, I think we're going to do it on the pick six, but you and I are both leaning. Momentum seems to be shifting, leaning towards another Patriots. But you're going to have to watch a little tease for the pick six. You're going to have to watch what you predict because you just followed your strategy to a T last week. Pick the Cardinals. Patriots won. So I'm not saying anything, Kurt, but maybe for the betterment of the Patriots and the benefit of me on the pick six, you might have to pick the Chargers. Yes. For those of you who don't know, (laughs) I have been atrocious, atrocious at picking Patriots games this year. So I literally, quite literally, on the Instagram live said, I'm picking the Cardinals so the Patriots <laughs> win the game. And voila, chef's kiss. Perfect. They won. So maybe, maybe I'll have to pick the Chargers again, even though I, I will. We'll see. Find we'll out see. Sunday. You'll find out Sunday. Bruno, get us out of here. All right. Well, thanks for sticking with us. I know we spent a lot more time than usual on the regular games, but that's because there's a lot to talk about. Again, I had to shit talk Bruce Arians. We had to shit talk Bruce Arians. There was some sour. There was some sweet. That's a little callback to the Sour Patch Kids from the beginning. There was some titty fucks thrown in there. So if you're just tuning in now in the one hour and 23rd minute, go back and rewind and find all the titty fucks because there's probably a lot. I said there was two. There's probably more than two. So anyways, thanks for tuning in for it all, folks. We will see you next time on... Playing the field. Bye, guys.